The Holy Gospel, according to Matthew, chapter 25. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. When I first read through this gospel text, I felt a range of emotions. Excitement, joy, fear, anger, sadness, and confusion. I wondered, when is the last time I felt so many emotions all at once? Then I remembered. I have three children. <laughs> Emotionally, the beginning of this gospel is exciting. There are ten bridesmaids. That's abundance. That's a big bridal party. All dressed up, ready to go celebrate a wedding. It's very flattering for the bridesmaids because typically bridesmaids are chosen because of their close relationship with the bride or groom. I remember being a bridesmaid for my friends when they got married. My job as their bridesmaid was to hold their flowers while they kissed their groom or to hold their wedding train when they went to the bathroom. It required some attention on my part. I mean, you really don't want to let that wedding train fall in the toilet. <laughs> as our story continues, the groom is delayed, the bridesmaids fall asleep, and eventually it's announced the groom has finally arrived. Woohoo! Let's get this party started. But wait. Half of the bridesmaids realize, whoops, I don't have enough oil for my lamp. What is this part of the story about? Well, typically, oil in biblical texts relates to holiness. Kings were consecrated with oil. The dead were anointed with oil to prepare them for burial. And oil was used to light lamps. Oil was the fuel that kept the lamps burning. The bridesmaids need the oil because their bridesmaid job is to light the way along the road so the groom can get to the wedding banquet. So the brides are probably, bridesmaids are probably stressed out at this point. It's almost like dropping that wedding train in the toilet. If they can't light the way, that's a problem. Their job is important. So what do they do? They panic and fear and ask the other bridesmaids to share their oil. 
which the other bridesmaids refused to do, rationalizing by saying there's not enough oil for all the lamps to stay lit. Again, somehow, this reminds me of my children squabbling with each other and not sharing. This kind of makes me mad. I mean, come on, it is a wedding. However, as I reflect more on the story, in reality, these bridesmaids are being wise. They are focused on their task, their priority, their lamps lighting the way. It's better to have five lamps lit than zero. They have stayed focused on their job, so much so that they even brought extra oil. Maybe they had a sense that groom would be running late. So at this point in the story, they suggest the other bridesmaids go get some oil quickly, and the bridesmaids leave to go do that. While they're gone, the groom arrives. The groom, in biblical text, is symbolic of Christ. There's no indication the groom, Christ, is mad or scowling, noticing that the bridesmaids are down by 50%. Simply that he arrives. He takes the five bridesmaids who are there, and they shut the door behind them. Then the other bridesmaids return and knock on the door. Christ comes to the door and doesn't let them in. This seems confusing to me and sad. Why won't he let them in? He says, I don't know you. Or in other versions, it's written, I don't see you. This confuses me. How are we supposed to understand this part of the story? I will admit, I have wrestled with the ending of this text, and I think that's okay. I'm a seminary student, and I can certainly admit that I do not have all the answers. I don't understand, why is the door shut? I wonder, is it maybe shut as a protective measure to keep the guests inside safe from the perils of whatever remains outside in the darkness? I also wrestled with the groom, Christ, not letting the other bridesmaids in when they knocked. That seems unfair, doesn't it? And I can relate to those questions and wondering of unfairness. I feel a connection here, and I'd be remiss not to mention the news from Texas this week. I think that news probably seems unfair to us. A mass shooting in a church? What's that about? And I think even the disciples, when Christ was on the cross being crucified, they probably were wondering, this seems unfair. What is this about? I am thankful that those church members last week, their priority was going to church that day. And in that, they point the way, they light the way for the rest of us towards something more important. Our job is the same, to light the way, pointing to God in a world that is filled with such darkness that it desperately needs to hear that. So let's return to that idea, this idea of lamps. It's a familiar concept in Matthew. Our gospel is the third time lamps have been referenced. Earlier in chapter 5, Jesus says to the crowd, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That reminds me of this. Jesus seems to be saying, like lamps filled with oil, people see how God overflows out of our lives by our Christian actions. This provides light and a witness to them. 
Does this idea connect with our Matthew 25 text? Because in our text, five of those lamps are going out. Is this suggesting works righteousness? Is this suggesting we earn our way to salvation by our actions? And aren't we as Lutherans really against that? When I look back at that text in Matthew 5, I notice the verb used is let. Let your light shine. Do you all know the definition of let? It is allow rather than prevent. Give, grant, empower, enable. Do you hear the freedom in the word let? It's not strive, work harder, do more. Because of the overflow of God in our lives, our good deeds happen. It's a natural cause and effect. So let our light be seen. Allow that. Do not prevent that. Realize God's holy light can be shown through us, which empowers and enables others. When I read that Matthew 25 text more closely, I think about the issue for some of these bridesmaids is their oil is running low. The holy oil is what fuels the lamp. The lamp is simply a package for it. So God likewise fuels our actions. It's not us running in our own strength, but relying on God to empower us by God's Holy Spirit as we proceed in our Christian walk. If the oil is low, though, does this somehow indicate that God can be depleted? I think what this reduction in oil is referencing is our tendency towards distraction. The bridesmaids have oil in their lamps when they start, but then they fall asleep and the oil has gotten low. Likewise, how often are we distracted? How often do we lose our focus on God? How often do we fail to put our relationship with God as our main purpose, the priority, the main job of our lives? Again, my children pop to mind. How often are they distracted? How often do they not hear me or not engage with me because they're focused on something else? And also, how often am I unprepared because I'm not focusing on God? or relying on God to fill me up and empower me? How often am I just like those foolish bridesmaids? I think I'm being a bridesmaid for Christ, but sometimes I fail miserably at that. How often am I being foolish, not lighting the way, but actually obscuring the view of God? How often am I more of a stumbling block than a light guiding and pointing others to Christ? I realize Jesus wants us to take the idea of being in relationship with God very seriously. Jesus wants us to continually view our relationship with God as a priority. That's the only way relationship exists, by repeated engagement and interaction. Jesus wants us to pay attention to God and let God's Holy Spirit fill and fuel our lives, like oil in a lamp that lights a house. Jesus wants this for us because there's negative consequences for not paying attention to God and not staying in relationship with God. It causes us to miss out on some really awesome things that God wants to give us, experiences and blessings God wants us to have. 
because instead we got distracted, we're not engaged in the relationship, and so we stay in the darkness, away from God, which is really lonely and not very fun or exciting. But what I love about this text is that God wants us at this wedding banquet. God specifically invited us to this party. It's a beautiful invitation, and I bet it's a joyous celebration. Come on. Let's join Christ at this party. The table will be set in a few minutes, and the company will be amazing. Maybe we should walk in together, celebrating and singing a song. Maybe we should sing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen.